and welcome to the Dead Darlings Sessions. Dead Darlings is a podcast dedicated to the spoken word poetry community, bringing you interviews, tips, inspiration, and above all, awesome poetry. And our Dead Darlings Sessions are an opportunity to dig a little deeper into that awesome poetry. Throughout the next week, we've invited a range of poets to come and share their work with us in front of an intimate live Zoom audience as part of the PBH Free Fringe. Tonight's featured poet is Robert Garnham, and we'll be hearing a 20-minute set from him, followed by a round of quick-fire questions, so you can get to know the artist behind the amazing words just a little bit better. After that, we'll wrap up the session and put the set online unedited as a special podcast episode as fast as we can, so it's an almost live document of how the session played out. And that special podcast episode will be available wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Dead Darlings, and hello if you're listening to this now, having done that. Thank you for tuning in. Before we introduce our guest tonight, just a quick heads up to our live audience that we'd love you to keep your mic on during the set so we can hear your reaction to the set. Please go ahead and clap, whoop, holler and react in any other ways you'd like in between poems as well as in the chat, where you can show your love for the poet and maybe pick out particular lines that you enjoyed. If you don't want your response to be audible on the recording, that's totally fine as well. Please feel free to keep your mic on mute. One final thing before we start. We are recording the session tonight online via Zoom, and as I'm sure we all know, some people on the internet just love to ruin things for other people to make up for the fact that they have very, 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 very tiny penises. I mean, seriously, you need a magnifying glass to see these guys. So if anyone in our live audience notices anyone behaving abusively or disruptively during the chat, please uh, message one of the hosts and we'll send them out of the virtual airlock ASAP. Cis women have never been dicks, obviously. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm just um. saying. <laughs> well, not usually on Zoom chats. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a certain type of person, and they usually have a penis. Maybe so, I'm wrong. With that. I mean, I, I, poss- I could never, never be a dick. I know. So anyway, without further ado, uh, we are absolutely delighted to introduce our guest this evening. Robert Garnham has been performing LGBT po- comedy poetry around the UK for a decade at various fringes and festivals. He's won three, he's had three collections published by Burning Eye Books and has won slams in places including London, Edinburgh, Swindon and headlined or featured acts like Banks at the Gun, Raise the Bar, Milk, and in 2019, he was the Hammer and Tongue featured artist for a UK poetry tour. He's supported artists including John Hegley, Arthur Smith, Paul Sinner, and he's made short TV adverts for a certain bank. And a building society, is it not, I think? (laughs) You may have heard of them, um, and he is known as a professor of whimsy, consumer of biscuits. Uh, a joke from one of his shows was listed as one of the funniest of the 2017 Edinburgh Fringe. I love it when the te- top 10 jokes of the Fringe list start doing the rounds. Um, mm-hmm. That is that is something I need to look out for this year with the virtual Fringe. Are yeah. they still doing it? We'll find out. Um, Are lady- jokes still happening in 2021? Are we post-comedy <laughs> now? How does it even work? <laughs> Uh, lately, Robert has been writing short stories published in magazines including Stand, Defenestration, Rigwelter, Rigwelter, and a uh, f- funny column in the Herald Express newspaper. Twen- <laughs> this year, he was nominated for the Pushcart Prize and shortlisted as Spoken Word Artist of the Year by the Saboteur Awards. Give it up. Awesome. Uh, please. Oh, it's unedited, Hannah. You, you skipped. You said give it up. 
we're not quite at the give it up yet. He's got even more accolades. Oh, shoot. Right. Uh, yes. His influences are as diverse and, inc- and include Ivor Cutler, Selena Gordon, Bob Newhart and Laurie Anderson. La- ladies and gentlemen, and those who identify with gender in more complex ways, please give it up for Robert Garnham live in session. Hello. Hello. Well, thank you so much for that. That's such a such a lovely introduction. And it's a, it's a big honour to be here at Dead Darlings tonight here in the virtual Edinburgh Fringe. So, yeah, I'm just going to start with um, a couple of things I always do. So this is for the audience. It is the official oath. So if you'd all kindly repeat after me, <clears throat> let it be known. Let, let it be known. known. That in these various locations. That in these, that various, in these locations, various locations. I, your name. I, I your name. Your name. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry and I made the same joke there. <laughs> we'll enjoy some performance poetry. We'll enjoy, we'll enjoy some, some performance, performance poetry. poetry. <laughs> what is love? What is what love? What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Baby, Baby don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Don't hurt me. No don't more. hurt me. <laughs> no more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Thank you very much. These simpering verses of suburban sensibility, this vile creature, a perverted poet peppering the page with poisonous intent and a fey wave of the wrist, as if tossing off yet another sordid poem like it means nothing. This loathsome lurker in life's margins. My name is Robert Garnham. Well, hello. <laughs> it's a great honour to be here. And I'm just going to do uh, two minutes or so of poems, which I don't normally get the chance to perform. So I'm really looking forward to this because some of them are going way back in the mists of time. And one or two are brand spanking new. <gasps> new new <Yeah>. shit! <laughs> yeah, I think I knew we were going to say that. So... I'm going to start with this one. It is, it's a really old poem. It's probably about 10 years old. And oh, it never made it into <laughs> any of my burning eye books because of obvious copyright reasons. So I'm going to do it for you now. It hasn't got a title, actually. I, I just call it Poem. <laughs> it's been 40 years now since I last spoke to Velma or Daphne. I look in the mirror at a shock of white hair, a haunted, sallow face. I've become one of the ghouls that we used to chase, except this is no mask. I'm not the janitor or the suspiciously accommodating professor. There's no one else lurking inside. I cannot hide. I wish I had died. I wish I was dead. My name is Fred. You can't go back. It's been years since I hung up my cravat. It's been years (laughs) since my last Scooby snack. The things I'd seen from the mystery machine would make a normal man green and also green with envy with Thelma 
and Daphne along in the car, our very own menage a trois. We'd done so much and come so far until Shaggy came along <laughs> for the ride. All stubble and sweat and that stupid dog Scooby-Doo. More like scooby don't, but he did. Velma, Velma, not now, not while I'm driving. Put away those handcuffs. And Daphne, what are you doing with that whipped cream? For God's sake, don't let the dog lick it off. You don't know where it's been. You know, I'm tired after yesterday, running down that long corridor, passing the same pot plant, the same door, the same pot plant, the same door, <laughs> and then finding out that all five of us can fit in a filing cabinet drawer. I knew we should have given it up long ago. That time we unmasked a yeti as the janitor, and he said I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky middle-aged people. <laughs> it all started to unravel, like that Egyptian mummy last week who turned out to be another bloody janitor. It's always the bloody janitor. And Shaggy, with his face like a bowl of mouldy apples and breath as rank as a devil's fart, I caught him pleasuring himself over a photo of Hillary Clinton, and I thought, something's not right here. Let's tackle a real mystery, like human suffering, or the origins of life itself, or why the three musketeers are called the three musketeers when there's four of them, and they don't use muskets. <laughs> and I was tired of it all, tired of a puerile existence, tired of Shaggy's bizarre dietary requirements, tired of cold nights in an old van, tired of that dog with its, tired of that slow pull away from that which kept us together until the fatigue took over. And I said to them all, I said, I don't know who I am anymore. I have no idea who I am. Who am I? And who are you? To which I heard in reply, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. <laughs> it all fell apart like a cheap supermarket lasagna. Velma and Daphne eloped. Then Scrappy turned up and it all went crappy. I left them at it. Last I heard, Scooby had married Whoopi Goldberg. She's now called Whoopi-Doo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I haven't done that. <laughs> I love that Velma died finally. Fine. <laughs> I haven't done that poem for uh, years, and I can see why now. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go on to some. What people know me as a comedy poet, but I also do a lot of uh, serious stuff, which I half the time don't. Um, I'm not brave enough to do it at gigs and things. I suppose. If people don't laugh, I think it hasn't gone down well, or it could be the, or it could just not have gone down well. I don't know. So I'm going to do something ex exciting and adventurous now. Uh, the first poem is from my show, Juicy, and it is set in the um, Northern Arctic, in the, um, uh, in an Eskimo Inuit community. And then I'm going to seamlessly goes straight into a brand new poem from my show, not show, my book, Squid Box, 
which I did last year, um, writing poems with the fishermen of Brixham here in Devon, which is where I am at the moment. So here we go. And there's backing music as well. Metal, ice, tiger, scratchy comes a frost, crystal pure and pristine, pressing and insistent, almost omniscient, Parker Hood fur imitating short panicked draughts, gasps, breathe in, breathe out, young eyes scanning a book horizon from this rocky shoreline. You can hear the ice flows groan as if giving voice to the otherwise unspeakable, a permanent murmur, a whisper, oh, brazen child of the north whose urges claim non-existent victims, obvious selfhood, shunned by Inuit elders who profess to know more the secrets of those creatures that surface occasionally, spears thrown, blubber sawn in the freezing salt air than the workings of the human heart. No myth, no knowledge, no tribal throat songs, no precedent, no warmth, the sun barely able to lift its head above a frozen sea which creeps and ripples, ice mountains loom and pass so silent after dark, ghost ships, lost dreams, phosphorus, a slip of history, a mistake of biology in a land of forgetting, and each withered soul a fortress of freezing, how low can the body's temperature fall before a tingle of promise is extinguished? or else subsumed beneath the tedium of life's great calamities, desire, lust, forbidden imaginings, masculine flesh. Mm. A lonely dot on the wide, wide sea, a nestle of rigs and beams, a mess of rust with nets slung low, giant Fools and ropes slack dripping brine. The hairpin concrete bend of jutted brick breakwater, of faded dead slow lettering, a test of time scratched and blotched. This tub sides a slap with the remnants of a seabed scoured. Hauled loads from sonar technology blips at night. Each bunk holds dreams or high sea murmurs as plastic max drip dry this metal tin of deckhand muscle winches graft sweat. They earn their sea legs, these sons and daughters. A throb of diesel purrs the shuddering deck and slantwise rain and a spotlight glare Bow break waves and quayside forklifts. Home, home. Thanks very much. That was um, two poems there. One's fairly new and one's quite old. So what I'm going to do now, um, I'm going to do a poem 
from, how are we doing for time? Yeah, not bad. This one is from about 10 years ago again. It's from my book, Nice, which came out in 2015. And this is from a time um, before Donald Trump, before uh, Katie Hopkins, before <laughs> Boris Johnson, when the, the, the most right-wing thing we could all possibly imagine at the time was Jeremy Clarkson. So, I mean, he's still a he's still a knob, but this poem is um, all about him. It hasn't got a title yet. It's just called Poem, and I haven't performed it <laughs> since Donald Trump came along, basically. So, about six years or so. Anyway, it goes exactly like this. We entrusted in you such quips as to colour our humdrum, as you were different and mildly entertaining. I chuckled certainly pleasantly surprised at what i first mistook for whimsy only later to be revealed as the toxic utterances of attention-seeking knobhead <laughs> that's why i call this poem the rise and fall of jeremy clarkson oh you saggy bottomed baggy jowled loud-mouthed red-faced cretin with an expression like a spinster aunt straining out a poo in the station toilet <laughs> three minutes before her train is due. How you so desperately exploit the idea that it's not words that make a man but the tone of your voice. Volume doesn't make you write. How many PE teachers have also been world-class philosophers? I forgot about <laughs> Albert Camus. <laughs> but it made you very rich. How you soared like a belting eagle, like a phoenix with fat jokes, like a pterodactyl with piles, grabbing at chance and finding those two other knobheads, the one who obviously adores you and the one who obviously can't stand you and is only in it for the money. <laughs> Reminds me of my ex. You don't need brains to drive a car, just a modicum of common sense and a feel for the bite of the clutch. You don't need brains to watch Top Gear, just a hint of righteous indignation and the last simpering gasp of blokey matishness where the ultimate insult is to have it hinted on national television that you might not be entirely heterosexual. You know what they say about men with big cars. It means they got small knobs. I thought I'd point that out to you. You're sinking now, Clarky. You're like the Titanic in reverse, and that the only tragedy was that you managed to stay afloat for so long. You're sinking now, revealed to a world that thought you were funny, that you were nothing but a great big tit with, as I said before, a little willy. Oh, Clarkson. You driveling snotbag, you automotive weasel pea-brained rapscallion, you bulbous-eyed odious clay-brained stench, you crusty scab on the face of common decency, you rhetorical amalgam of petrol-inhaling obviousness, you oily gene spongy thighed unnecessary foul-brained ass of a man how i long for you to be photographed making love to a ford focus while your <laughs> co-hosts wank in the corner how i long for that 
how I long for that day. <laughs> drive the car, Clarkson. Drive it. Drive the car. <laughs> Ram it in gear and drive that car. Let me lick the side of your big, craggy face. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I haven't done that one in um, <laughs> done that one in quite a while. <laughs> uh, what should I do? I think uh, I've got seven minutes to go. The last one's a long one, so I think I shall do this um, just because it's one of my favourite to perform. Haven't got a title yet. It's just called poem. And when I was writing it, I was thinking about the Eurovision Song Contest. And um, I don't know, I wanted to write a song, but I've got no one to help me with the music or anything else. But I just thought I'd sing it to you right now. This is my own <laughs> entry for the Eurovision Song Contest. And it's, as I said, called Poem. Nice. I want to live in a little house somewhere in the park. I'd have to light lots of candles whenever it gets dark. I'd buy myself a little dog just to hear it bark. Woof, woof. I'd invent you grammar and a punctuation mark. Tiddly on, pom, pom, tiddly on, pom, pom. And as the winter splinters in, I'd have to light the fire. I'd collect lots of ornaments and things that I admire. I know it's the sort of life to which you might aspire. It would be just like a church except without the spire. On a monotheistic deity. Tiddly-om-pom-pom. Tiddly-om-pom-pom. And I would write such poetry, making sure it rhymed. And I would use a stopwatch just to check its pace. It would be a fantasy away from the daily grind. I'd have to cuddle the handyman, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Tiddly-om-pom-pom, tiddly-om-pom-pom. And did I mention the handyman, we cuddle up in bed. Such a randy handyman, I'd keep him in the shed. And every time I was up for it, oh Fred, I'd call oh Fred. Although his name was actually Sean, at least he gives good. Tiddly-om-pom-pom, tiddly-om-pom-pom. It doesn't matter what we do, our lives are meaningless. Not but crushing oblivion and eternal hopelessness. A never-ending loneliness and doubt and angst and hatred. And the eternal dichotomy between selfhood and the final and crushing truth that nobody, nobody has ever cared for you in the slightest. Tiddly um pum pum tiddly um pum pum. Thank you very much. Wow. I mean, oh. it was better than Germany's entry this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to finish with this poem, and um, it's from my book, Zebra. I wrote it uh, probably about, oh, I was getting on for seven years ago now. It was for London Gay Pride back in, oh, when was it? Back 2014 or something like that. And it was for an event that was meant to be at the um, Tate Modern. I was meant to be performing this at Tate Modern. It, the venue got changed at the last minute. But anyway, this was written for that event. And it's a, a serious one. I'm just trying to get into a serious frame of head now. <clears throat> anyway, this is called The Doors. For those who are the exquisite 
I should point out, sorry about this. Um, it was written after reading a Time magazine article about LGBT rights in places like uh, Nigeria and Russia and places like that. So anyway, the doors. For those who are the exquisite hidden in cupboards, for those who fortune denies because they refuse to shout, for those who would otherwise shine so bright were it not so dark and needlessly so. For those who are more conscious than the jaded so-called moral imperative. For those who multicolour the beige. For those who feel that burning, pounding, quick tempo heartbeat, tick, tick, ticking absolute proof down deep within. For those who don't want to upset anyone. For those who are being true to themselves. For those who love. For those who are dearly like to love but never will so long as they're fumbling in the pitch dark. For those who would spread compassion if given the chance. For those who stand tall and proud in the face of ignorance. For those who challenge the invented with the blinding torch of truth. For those who caress and whisper sweet nothings and then open their eyes to find an empty bed. For those who don't want to shock and close the door voluntarily. For those who care too much. For those who feel they have no brothers or sisters. For those who feel they are the only person ever, ever to feel this way. For those who make a thousand tiny differences a year. For those whose revolution will knowingly take longer than their own lifetimes. For those who would otherwise be flogged or hanged or stoned or cast from the safety of decent thought by those who profess to know the truth of words written fluently, yet deliberately twisted ambiguous in order to hide the cultural anger seething beneath. For those who delete their browsing history. For those who try to prise open the door, knowing it will be slammed shut, but keep on trying nonetheless. For those who paid the ultimate price. For those who resort to secret languages and those who give in and try to decipher filled with the eager promise of just knowing. For those who are afraid. For those who feel that everything is hopeless, faced with 96% against, newspaper editorials, fuming, spitting evangelists, political bullies, idiots with guns and clubs and religious texts, charismatic spirituality, cultural commentators and peddlers of hatred. For those who burst out so fast the world never could catch them. For those who burned up too soon. For those who took a chance and flowered briefly, then disappeared, leaving behind the hint that if done differently, it might actually work. For those who are vehement in their love. For those who are just plain unlucky. For those who are scared. For those who are scarred. For those who would otherwise be sacred. You are the real and your time will come when superstition loses and common sense takes over.
pile up your love right now. So when the doors finally open, it will all come tumbling through. Thanks very much. Oh, Robert Garnham live in session, everybody. How about that? Oh, thanks that very much a... for that. <laughs> I've never heard you do so many serious ones in one go. Ah, well, Woo. I thought that this was a nice opportunity to, um, yeah, to do some of the stuff I don't normally get around to doing. So, yeah, thanks very much for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, something we you. wanted, I think, from our from the sessions was to give people an opportunity to do stuff they wouldn't normally do. So it's really nice mm. to see. <laughs> see that and and hear it from our poets this week awesome yeah sorry so um we our next session sorry i've started talking and it's not my color on the script but um oh my god oh, <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm colorblind and therefore it's fine if i'm in the red and the green i think um, you should have uh, pointed that out before we started color coding our sorry. script hannah Sorry, is, okay. I was going to say, no, I'm I just not. haven't. Okay. This is my excuse for being a jerk, and I've just made things even more awkward. Um, Who's reading the next bit on the script, guys? You, you, Laurie. It's you. You're great. Is it me? Yes. I am. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's me, guys. Right. Now to give our audience a bit. It's all coming out now that we use a script, isn't it? In these unedited episodes, everybody's going to realise our secrets. Now, to give our audience a chance to get to know our poet tonight better, we've got some quick-fire questions. Over the next five minutes, we'll ask about a range of different topics, including life, poetry, general silliness, or in Robert's case, probably general whimsy. Um, We've tried to come up with a few questions that aren't uh, also your online security questions. So Rebecca's going to start the timer. Uh, The timer is starting now, and your first question, Robert, is... Uh, what is the first poem you remember hearing or reading? Hmm. Um, I th- oh, it's probably Spike Milligan. I'm not scared of little pussy cats. They only eat mice and rats. But a hippopotamus <laughs> could eat a lot of us. I think that's probably one of the very first <laughs> I can remember. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Uh, amazing. Uh, who is your celebrity crush? Oh, crikey! Right. Um, I've just finished writing a poem about uh, Simon Reeve, the travel chap on BBC TV, oh, yeah. you know, and um, because I was watching one of his documentaries last week and my mum, who I was visiting at the time, suddenly came out with, you know what, he's quite good looking, isn't he? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, he is actually. And then, yeah, I've, I've just finished writing a poem all about him. So at the moment, it's probably um, Simon Reeve. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> just looked him up I mean, seems good <laughs> yeah yeah he's sort of like um yeah getting like mary with a professor brian cox here i don't know we could <laughs> go out on a date all four of us <laughs> i said to my mum conversationally a little while ago like um imagine the perfect man and it was the beginning of a longer sort of story thought experiment thing and she just interrupted me as i finished imagine the perfect man brian cox professor brian cox <laughs> Okay, I didn't. I didn't need anybody specific, but good to know, okay. Mum. <laughs> Robert, what was the last film you watched? Uh, well, actually, I watched this afternoon. I did watch Spalding Gray swimming to Cambodia, which is a okay. uh, it's a film for I think it's 1986, but it's just him doing his uh, one one and a half hour solo show with the camera on him for like 
one and a half hours. So if you could call that a film, that's that's probably the last mm. one I've watched. Nice. Ooh, we've had one in typed in the chat for the first time. A question in from our live audience. Uh, if you could live as any cartoon character, who would you be? <laughs> And please don't say Fred from Scooby Doo because I think we've already covered that. We don't bit. believe you for start. <laughs> Any cartoon character, obviously, um, uh, I don't know, I kind of like Krusty the Clown from Why is that? I don't know, I just see a lot of, um, sort of like, a lot of, um, yeah, he, Krusty speaks a lot of truth when you're a performer, I think. <laughs> I can't think of any others at the moment. Probably um, Droopy the dog. <laughs> Droopy the dog is always so depressed, Bob. Yes. Sensitive <laughs> for Mr. Krusty the Clown said, this I do not need. Yes. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my What the hell was that? Uh, now for my favourite part of the, of the show. What's that say? Audience participation. Oh, oh God. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, next question. It's got to be crusty. Yeah. So how do you write? Do you write on a notebook, computer, phone, or another medium? Old-fashioned. <laughs> In a notebook, there it is. Mm -hmm. That's the actual notebook. That's the pen I use for all creative work. Mm -hmm. I've been using uh -huh. this pen since 1995 oh, wow. this pen is older than most of the people I know so it's black ink Parker pen uh, other pens are available in a notebook <laughs> then awesome. I write it again on A4 paper like so mm. and only once it's gone through those two stages do I actually type it up so there you go oh, I like it you've got layers built in yeah, built in editing yeah. process mm. yes uh, what is your guiltiest pleasure <laughs> um, that I can mention is probably um, <laughs> uh, oh crikey there's so many of them um, I would probably say um, yeah I, I like um, chocolate ice cream that's not very exciting but chocolate ice cream is probably a guilty <laughs> pleasure I probably have too much of that in fact I do have too much of that breakfast especially you know <laughs> Oh, but you, you, I think you, you've been keeping a diary for a long time, right? Uh, you That's it. Seems yeah. to remember. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does that impact on your writing, if at all? Keeping a diary. Um, it's a very boring diary. It's, it's not. It's, you know, it's not like Alan Bennett or David Sedaris <laughs> or anything. It's probably this is what I did today, and this is what the weather was. So, mm -hmm. but because I've been doing it since 1985, then. Mm -hmm. um, I just I've never missed a day so it's just it's probably some kind of weird compulsion I have that I just have to write it every single day mm. um but it's really good looking back because you can see where you've been and who you've met and you know the towns you've stayed in and things like this especially when you're pre-covid times when you're on the road a lot and yeah. visiting strange mm. towns so but yeah every day so every day I always try and write it um so it probably impacts on my writing because I always know at the back of my mind I've still got to write the diary at the end of the day. So mm. <laughs> perhaps there's always something left in the tank by the end of a poem. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay, so that's our that's our five minutes up. But the last question that we're asking all our poets this week: uh, What is one piece of writing advice or a prompt you would like to share with our audience? Um, actually, yeah, I somebody asked me this on a 
another podcast about half a year ago and it's it's just it's it's kind of in two parts number one be loose so if you feel like you want to go in this direction then just go in that direction because don't you know don't put yourself in a box don't say i'm writing a serious poem and it's got to be a serious poem but if something funny comes in then just follow that and see where it goes and the second part of it is um just be yourself don't try and copy someone else um i mean it's good to see how they do it and look at their style and um, maybe have a go at writing in their way but just don't do it with every single poem <laughs> <laughs> just be yourself just be unique i suppose which um i hope i've done <laughs> <laughs> certainly have this evening brilliant thanks a lot uh robert that was brilliant yeah thank you thanks. so much for thank joining you. us uh thank you for having me i've really really enjoyed it thank you can we ask our audience to give it up once again for robert garnham <laughs> yes and where can we catch more of your stuff robert where can we see Ooh, you yeah yeah i got my website is www.professorofwhimsy.com and i'm on the pbh free fringe with my pre-recorded show yay the search for happiness <laughs> um so that's on the pbh free fringe website and we should just say yay is in the title. It's not just a, that wasn't a spontaneous expression of joy. That is part of the title of the show. Right? <laughs> it is. That's it. Yes. It's <laughs> also the name of your new book, right, Robert? It is indeed. Yes. My book from Burning Eye, which came out uh, about a month, a couple, two months ago. Yay. It's um, available from my website and also the Burning Eye website as well. Brilliant. I feel like we should we... all just give a yay because there's so many yays going on. Should we do that <laughs> together collectively? Three, two, one. Yay! yay! I feel like I'm on kids' yeah. TV or something. <laughs> it's a nice way to wrap up a podcast, isn't it? Yes. But yeah, links for the book and the show uh, hopefully will be in the show notes as well. Um, and you can find the recording of this alongside all our monthly regular podcasts, uh, podcast episodes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so uh, search for Dead Darlings uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us um, as at Dead Darlings Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Dead Darlings Podcast on Facebook. And you can email us as deaddarlingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us and good night. Woo. Goodbye. Woo.